Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and the modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hey, everybody. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church. With me today, as always, is my friend and the lead pastor at Generations Church, Jeff Luddington. How you doing today, Jeff? Oh, sorry, man. I fell asleep, dude. Sorry. I just got <laughs> nodding out there for a minute. Super early. Really tired. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, uh, as we were teasing or as we were talking before we got on, both kind of tired this morning. Uh, so I hope it doesn't bleed over into a lack of enthusiasm for the topic because the topic is amazing today. Uh, and I don't just say that like every week, oh, this is so amazing. Like I really, I really do enjoy this. So if you guys are listening and uh, you're just jumping in today, we are in the back end of a 52-ish episode series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude. And uh, as Rob said, working on the Heidelberg Catechism, which is a 450-year-old uh, confession of faith or a, a way of training people by, by questions and answers, not really a confession, but more of a training tool. And uh, we're in the back end of it, and we're working through the final piece, which is the Lord's Prayer. Many people know this, and, and uh, especially people have memorized this, uh, but I feel like uh, we memorize something, kind of like the Pledge of Allegiance. If you're just to not think through the words of the Pledge of Allegiance, you know you know it word for word, but you're not really sure. Like if I were to say, hey, what does it say in it without going through the words? What are you declaring? A lot of people are just like, I don't know, man. I just memorize it. It comes naturally like the ABCs or something. And that's the Lord's Prayer for a lot of people. We memorized it. And then, but we don't really, we could repeat it verbatim right now, but we don't even really know what it says. And so this is a, a deeper dive. Um, the catechism breaks it into petitions or lines. And the first one, uh, I think, is, uh, for me, probably one of my favorites. So Rob and I are going to read there. I'm going to read the question. Rob's going to read the answer. Imagine like this is you discipling your child or uh, a friend discipling a friend. It's, it's meant to be memorized and a question and an answer, memorizing truth. So, all right, now that we're awake, Rob, you ready? <laughs> I am ready. Let's go. <laughs> All right, man. Question and answer 122. Uh, what does the first petition mean? Hallowed be your name means help us to truly know you, to honor, glorify, and praise you for all your works and for all that shines forth from them. Your almighty power, wisdom, kindness, justice, mercy, and truth. And it means help us to direct all our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. I love that missional context at the end. Like, you know, let what I do glorify God. Uh, that's super cool. So if you guys know the Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If you, and, and I see I even I drift back into the King James Version. I memorize hallowed be thy name, right? Uh, holy is your name really is a modern version of that. So. When we, when we look at this first petition, so we start off with directing our prayers to God, our Father. And then the first petition is, holy be your name. And so when you hear that, 
that holiness, that directed up to God, Rob, what kind of what questions come to mind for you? Well, I think the first one, just, you know, you, I, we've mentioned before, I'm a math teacher besides being a Bible teacher at, at the high school where I teach. And I love order. I love to read through the Old Testament and see how God ordered things. And so I think as we look at this prayer that Jesus taught us, taught his disciples, uh, it's important we look at the order. And so I think my first question is, why is it so important that we acknowledge God's holiness right at the beginning of the prayer? Yeah. So I think there is a, if you want to talk about order or pattern or consistency, um, I believe there is a consistency. So if the question is, does this order matter? Or if there's a question of, is there an order that does matter, right? That's kind of two different questions, but it's very similar. Um, I will go back to the Old Testament and look at some consistent things that we see. Uh, in Nehemiah 1, uh, we get the, the first, I think, like four verses or so uh, where Nehemiah is asking about Jeru- Jerusalem. He asks his brother a question like, hey, how are things going? It's really bad. And uh, Nehemiah is impacted by the answer. So he sits down and he prays. And it says uh, in Nehemiah 1, 5, and if you guys are listening, you're driving or whatever, I'm going to put all this in the show notes. You can come back and grab these verses later. The question, the answer, uh, the, the verses that we use, they'll all be in the little notes in the podcast. So please, you know, uh, don't worry about looking it up while you're driving on the freeway. Um, Nehemiah 1, 5 says, and I said, O Lord, God of heaven, great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. And then Nehemiah goes on and he has this prayer, uh, you know, about what he is about to do, about what is kind of is on his heart. But it begins with, O Lord, God of heaven, great and awesome God, who keeps covenant steadfast love. So who God is, what God does, uh, just declaring who God is. Uh, We get a kind of a vision, an image of this in Isaiah's vision in Isaiah 6 too, Uh, 6 also. Uh, Verses 1 through 5, it says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So as Isaiah encounters God, the first thing he notices is who God is, right? And then angels are calling. It says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah goes on, he says, and the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, what was me for I am lost, or some translations say I'm undone. It's really kind of like Isaiah saying, I'm going to die. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So what we get in both of these is we get a declaration of who God is. And immediately flowing out of that uh, character of God, or, or what God does, who God is, what we get in the case of Nehemiah is... Confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. In the case of Isaiah, what was me? I'm going to die. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But it's this line, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So you ask the question, does it matter where we start? And I read you these verses, and these, this one's a prayer, one's a vision. And I think, yes, it does. 
Now, we're not making rules. Rob and I are not saying if you don't start here, it's not a real prayer, right? <laughs> we would never tell you that. But if you sit down, if you get up early in the morning and you pray, and you want to know where do I start my prayers for something that's effective, I would say begin in worship, right? Declaring who God is. And the reason I would say that is when we declare who God is, what we do in our own brains, our minds, our hearts, is we rightly understand who God is. And what that almost always does is it gives us an image of who we are correctly, right? And it moves us into a place of either confession or need or something, right? So Nehemiah, man, the people of Israel are sinful. Even I and my father's house are sinful. Isaiah, I'm going to die. I'm a man of unclean lips. I come from a people of unclean lips. All that flows out of seeing God, truly seeing who God is. Yeah, and I, I love that first part right after in the answer, hallowed be your name, uh, means help us to truly know you. Um, I've, I've, I'm assuming anybody listening to this podcast has a desire to truly know God, right? This is not the podcast yeah. you turn into just for entertainment purposes. You're here to learn <laughs> no, we're something, hopefully. And, right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, man, I've run into so many people. I Not so many. I've, I've run into a few and they just kind of stick out in my mind who've just said, I don't know why you bother studying the Bible or teaching the Bible, um, digging into theology. It just, it's all about a relationship. It's just about loving God. And that's all it is. And I know to truly know God, I mean, how do you have a relationship with someone you don't really know? So I think it's yeah. important. I think this points out the importance of if I'm going to say God's name is holy, I have to kind of know who God is. Yeah. Yeah. I would, man, it's, uh, I, this is, uh, this is probably why you don't listen to us, right? And this next line, I'm just going to, here's why people don't listen to us for any other reason. And uh, when you brought this up and you asked this question, all I can think of is like some dude lonely in his basement who orders a mail order bride from another country <laughs> online. That's what I, the image I get of, hey, I only want a relationship with God. I don't really want to read the Bible or theology. It's like trying to order a spouse online, man. I, You are not choosing him or her for love, right? You don't know them. You're choosing clearly on something else, right? You're looking at them, you're choosing on image or something, but you're choosing on something that's being, I'll say it this way, uh, something that's being promoted to you, whether that's image or, you know, don't be alone, be with this person or, you know, hey, she's hot or he's hot, whatever it is. What's been marketed to you is what you're choosing. And so it's the same idea. Christians that just, hey, I just want a relationship you're choosing the God that's been marketed to you, and you must like the marketing, right? God looks like all the right muscles in all the right places or something because that's what you're choosing. But you don't know him. He's on the other end of the online buy now for $19.99 kind of thing, right? The, the Bible, theology isn't anything different necessarily than the Bible. Theos, logos, right? It's logos is word or study. Theos is God, like study God's word. That's kind of what theology means. The Bible is God's word. So it, when you open the Bible, you are necessarily doing theology if you're learning, right? You may not be doing good theology. You may be not doing consistent theology, but you're doing, you're, you're studying the word of God. And, and for me to have a relationship with God means I must know him, right? To have a relationship with my wife means I got to sit down and talk to her once in a while. 
I can't just show up for dinner and then pay the bills in my office and go over here and have no engagement with her, right? I've got to, I've got to know her to have a good relationship with her. And if I don't, I'm not exactly sure what I have, but I wouldn't really call it a marriage. And so with God, we've, we've got to know him. We get to know him by knowing his story and knowing how he acts and what he wants and what he desires from me and what I desire from him. And so we're in this part about prayer, right? Prayer is us talking to God, right? It's us praying or, or, and hopefully hearing from God. And you and I have talked about this before. We do this best when we pray and engage with Scripture simultaneously. And that's because a lot of times we learn from God, we speak to God. Like this morning when I was praying and reading, I was just reading through the last six or seven chapters of Judges or something like that. I just finished the book of Judges this morning early. Man, I just like, God, the world is corrupt that I'm reading about. And I'm like, man, the world I live in is pretty corrupt. I'm not sure it's all that different. Like, man, the leaders back then, God, were corrupt. I'm like, God, I'm not so sure I'm any different. You know, I mean, like, there's this back and forth I'm having because of Scripture and prayer. And that's how God reveals himself to us. That's how we get to know God. So relationship, you can't really have it if you don't know the person. That's I kind of I guess that's where I would go with that. Yeah, good point. And I think, too, that um, one of the things that's intriguing to me about this answer is we're talking about prayer and how to pray. Um, but then it goes into the idea that it also should affect what we think, what we say, and what we do. That if we understand, if we revere God as holy, we understand his holiness, uh, it's not just something that affects our prayer, right? It affects every part of our life. And so how do you live yeah. that out? How do you live out the fact that I know God is holy? Yeah, so um, the last part of the answer here, um, you read the first part of the last sentence. I'm going to read the whole sentence. And it means help us direct all our living, what we think, say, and do, so that your name will never be blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised, right? So it begins with holy is your name, God, like your name, God, let your name be held high. And then it works to what does that mean for us? And then it, like you said, rightly, and it means help us direct all our living, what we think, say, and do. So help it, help you, our worship you, help that direct all that we think, say, and do. But it's that last phrase, so that your name will never be blasphemed or blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. In other words, when I go out, let my actions what I think, say, and do. How about that? That's using their line. What I think, say, and do. My mind, my thinking, my thoughts, my speech, and my actions. Let all of that glorify you, God, so that others don't blaspheme you. So let's go back to this relationship piece, right? So, oh, I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need theology. I just need a relationship with God, which I think those are almost exclusive, like mutually exclusive, right? I think you need one to have the other. But Imagine you set out on this trajectory to just have a relationship with this mysterious God that you somehow intuitively know, but won't read his word. Okay. And then you go and live your own way, which, because that's ultimately going to be what it is. You're going to live how you want or how you think, right? And, and not what God wants or what God is telling you. And so you're going to go out and live that way, but you're going to claim to be a Christian, you're going to claim to know God, know Jesus. You're going to do this, and then you're going to live a different way, right? And so let this worship of you, God, let that change us. 
so that we can go out and when we live, we glorify your name so that others see you, right? And so I think it's I think it's that. I, I think it's that we live in such a way that we represent God. Oh, just reminds me, last Sunday, uh, which I don't I think this year it'll be like two Sundays ago when this airs, but uh, God says this unique phrase to Moses and Aaron. He said, well, he actually says to Moses, he says something to the effect of, you will be God to Pharaoh and Aaron will be your prophet, right? It's a weird line. You'll be God to Pharaoh. And I just, as I was getting ready to teach that, I'm like, okay, well, it's actually simpler than it sounds. Like I represent God. I want to say it in more modern 2020 terms as a, as a Christian, I represent Jesus to my neighbors, to the students we have in school, right? To the people in church. Like I represent Jesus to them. I'm not Jesus, but I might be the only Jesus my neighbor sees or the, my co, you know, well, not my coworker because I work at a church and a Christian school. So, but I might be, I might be the only Jesus that the guys that I train with in the gym that they see. So I am Jesus to them. My actions represent them, represent Jesus, right? And in that way, I should take my actions, my speech, my thoughts, my deeds. I should take them very seriously. Because if I misrepresent Jesus, I might push people away from Jesus. Because if I'm a jerk and I'm the only Jesus they know, then are, are they going to assume Jesus is a jerk? Because I've got my – because they all everybody knows what I do. Everybody knows I'm a pastor and, and just – I mean everything I do is representative of Jesus. So if I'm not worshiping God, if I'm not knowing God, if that's not shaping, if God is not shaping who I am, how I think, how I speak, what I do, then I misrepresent him to others. Yeah, that's, and that's an important thing for us to remember is the responsibility we have as um, I think one of the ways I learned it as a kid was ambassador, ambassador for, for Christ good. or ambassador for God to go out and, and represent him uh, to others. Um, as we get close to the the end of this, we it mentions at the end of the passage that his name would be praised, and I think uh, yeah. it's important to know the difference. There's a difference between worship and praise. We talk about yes. you know a worship service, a praise service, and praise band or a worship band. Um, can you explain that real quick in the short amount of time we have left? Yeah, man. People use those as synonyms, worship and praise, and they're and I, I think they're not. Uh, I'm, okay, I'm going to say they're not right. Worship is uh, ascribing value or worth. It's worth-ship. That's where the word comes from, right? It's ascribing value or worth to God because of his character. Praise is more of a thanksgiving for things God has done, right? So imagine, again, let's go back to marriage, right? And, and imagine that all I do is tell Lisa, hey, I love you. You made dinner for me. Hey, I love you. You cleaned the bathroom. Hey, I love you. You uh, cleaned up after the puppy peed in the carpet or whatever. Like if, if all I did was I love you, you did this for me, then I really love her actions, not her. Right. But if I say I love you, man, you are uh, man. You are kind. You're caring. You're generous. You're loving. Right. If I'm ascribing value to who she is, not just what she's done, I am loving her. When we worship God and, you know, hey, God, I love you because you rescued me from addiction. Hey, God, I love you because I got a new car. Hey, God, I love you because uh, you gave me this profound podcast with Jeff and Rob. And, and, you know, and so my life has been forever transformed. You know, at some point, God's going to say, do you love me 
I just love what I do. And so there is a place for worship. There is a place for praise. If I love my wife for who she is and I am grateful for the things she does, she feels loved both ways. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think it's important for us to, to remember that, that, you know, focus on, on both of those. Focus on what God has done, but focus on who God is. And, and Good. love I him, like not, just what he, not just what he does, but who he is. Um, so as we wrap up today, I think right at the beginning of this, Jeff talked about in, in his uh, sleepy stupor, <laughs> mentioned that I, I, how I'm much he loved now. this. I'm awake now, though. We're I know, you're good. You're good. You really picked it up. <laughs> um, but the, uh, he, he mentioned how much he loved this question and answer. And I, I think it's important to remember, and, and he made a point of it, and I'm going to make a point of it at the end. Um, as Christians, man, we get so much into just memorizing things and then reciting them without thinking. And this is just the very first petition, a couple of words, hallowed be your name. And we dove into knowing who God is. You know, we dove into theology. We dove into knowing who we are and humbling ourselves because of knowing who God is. Um, We dove into how we live, how we act, how we think, Um, all of that just in these few words. And I think it's, it's healthy to go back through Things like this, things like if you, I memorized the Apostles' Creed as a, as a teenager, as I was confirmed at, at church. Right. Um, but just not to get in the habit of just saying it, but thinking it through and saying, okay, this is what I'm really supposed to be praying, not just the words, uh, but the meanings behind them. So hopefully you got that. We're going to hit, uh, you know, there's, there's five more um, petitions to go, and hopefully you'll okay. get You're as wrong. much out of them as we're getting out of them. One quick thought, yep. man. I just want to say this out loud so everybody can hear it. Right. I, when I say the Pledge of Allegiance, I, when I say the Lord's Prayer, Apostle Street, you name it, anything I memorized over time, John 316, as as an example, right? I know it word by word. I don't necessarily know what's in it until I think through the words, right? Just because I've memorized it doesn't mean that I own all the, and I, I mean me personally, not people, me, right? I actually have to think through the Lord's Prayer to remember what I'm saying in it, which means I can unconsciously say it, repeat it word for word, say it in a group, say it alone, whatever, and not really mean it. And that's the, that's the piece, like, do we really think about the things that we're saying when we're saying them? And that would be my, that would, and that's a challenge coming out of my life, like, I can just repeat them. I've memorized lots of things, but my regurgitating something memorized is not the same as praying. And that's where we need to pause and reflect and contemplate the words that we're saying that we know. Yep. Great. That's a great place to to close this one out. Uh, We want to thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. This is a reminder. Uh, We release a new Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude episode every Tuesday. We hope you'll continue to join us as we continue to go through the Heidelberg Catechism and this part of it, uh, the Lord's Prayer. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Gin Family Church.